Welcome back, you guys, to Inspired Babes Let's Chat Podcast. So today we're on episode 52, and I had Matt Johnson on as a guest, and we just had the best discussion around human trafficking, around your mindset, and how powerful our minds are. We also talked about his acting and modeling career, and you know some things that you should know about Matt is that He's a health coach of 15 years, and he's also recently transitioned into coaching, consulting, and talent management. He also handles business relations for an anti-human trafficking organization called Exodus, hence why we talk about human trafficking and really wanting to bring awareness to a lot of people that don't really know that it's actually a really big thing. I personally just thought it was human sex trafficking, but there's something called human trafficking. And I thought it was so, you know, touching hearing about what this organ or hearing what this organization is about. And, you know, just to be able to, you know, talk about it on here to all you listeners and bring more awareness in the world, I think is key. Right. Um, and then again, we just really go into the mindset and, and how powerful, you know, it is to have that personal growth and, and have that, that routine and that lifestyle shift to, you know, be able to, you know, be connected within and work on yourself daily. And so we talked a lot about that as well. And so, you know what, just buckle up because this is going to be such a great episode. And if you would, please, if this resonates with you, um, definitely share this in your Instagram story and your Facebook story, and you can tag me in it and I will repost it. And if you would go over to Apple podcast and subscribe, so you get notified every time I have a podcast come out, which is weekly and also write a review that would help me so much. And this would, it would also help get this out to so many more people in the world. So I would appreciate that so, so much. So let's do this. Matt here. Hey, Matt. Hi. I am seriously so excited to have you here. I have, no, I've just been really um, admiring who you are as a man on through social media. And I've had a friend, obviously, I shared this with you, um, mm -hmm. say, oh my gosh, you need to have Matt Johnson on your podcast. And I'm like, who's Matt Johnson? Know, right? And then I look you up and we're friends. And then, <laughs> you know, and I've seen your posts and just, yeah. you have, you're a coach, you're a mentor. You've been in the, the fitness industry for quite some time. Yep. Right, fifteen years. Fifteen years. Yep. Uh, you have a little boy, mm -hmm. so I cute, do. by yeah. the way. <laughs> and you know just how you show up and who you are as a man. You, I can really get that you are very genuine. And Try that, to be. Yeah, we'll and, see. We'll see. No, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and that you're making a difference for people. Well, and it's yeah, yeah and yeah, I admire that you. in you. Thank you. You're welcome. You. you know, I think it really takes something to do what you're doing. Um, and to show up every day and, and also it takes the mindset. Mm. Yeah. Right? Yes. So, and it sounds like you've really got that. I mean, that's always a work in progress, but yeah. yes, yeah. I, I would say yes. But I mean, uh, you know, my background goes back to six or seven years mm -hmm. before coaching was ever a mainstream thing. Mm -hmm. um, I was hiring my first coach at the mm -hmm. age of 26, you know, and I was learning practices like meditation and reading and self-development before it was ever a, a burst, you know? Really? I think that book, um, You Are a Badass by oh. Jen Cesario, I think I said her last name right. Yeah. I think that was like one of the big pushers for self-development that mm -hmm. really made it more and more mainstream. Yeah. So I feel like as soon as everyone was reading that, then it was like, girl, wash your face. And, mm -hmm. you know, these are all very common books. But I was doing all of that way, way before. I was doing the internal work way, way before. And so when people were like, wow, you know, even something that you mentioned when I came in is, oh, you're just wise. You know these things. And it's just because in the background, I've been doing them consistently. It's been that lifestyle consistently for six or seven years. Mm. You know, so Yeah. So you said you started kind of the personal growth at 26 years old? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like started that journey for you? Uh, a lot of that had to do with me being a personal trainer. Okay. And I always had big vision of being a personal trainer and knowing that my mission was to help at least one person. 
Mm. You know, my, my biggest mission in life was if I can just change one person's life in this world, then it's good. And and that's always been that, but in the grand scheme of it, I wanted to touch lives all across the world. I didn't want to just be in, at the time I was living in Salem, Utah, which is a a hop and a skip if you don't, (laughs) you know, so, um, so I'm coming from that, that vision and then learning about coaching and learning that there was so much more, there was a greater impact that I could make on people's lives that's where it really started to say, oh, like there's something I can offer more. Mm. Um, and and that's that's really what sparked all of it. Yeah. So like what I'm really getting from this is like, I think when people go into the health and fitness industry, they think it's an outer, you know, mm-hmm. body thing. You know, they want to look good. They want to feel good. But on the flip side, it, there's a lot of personal growth that goes into that because mm-hmm. when you are changing your diet and working out, your mind starts telling you stories, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're not good enough. You're fat, you're this, you're that. And so you'll want to give up. And what I'm hearing is that's why you wanted to get into that. So you could coach people through that aspect as well on top of the health and fitness industry, right? Like, yeah, well, then I started to learn that health and fitness was just a cornerstone Mm. of a bigger picture of life that we're living. Yeah. And I always teach my clients this, that, you know, fitness is one aspect, but what does it give you? You know, what does having a healthy body actually give you? It's not so much about the way that you look, although it does give you confidence. You, you, I mean, when you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm looking good today. Look at these muscles. Yeah, look at, I know, look at your muscles, right? by the way. God, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> He's blushing. Uh, not just shoot. joking. <laughs> so when, when we look at that and we say, when I look in the mirror, it gives me confidence. But yeah. what more does that offer me? What am I able to do with a healthy body when I don't have to think about the pains, the ailments, or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Well, it gives me the opportunity to connect at a deeper level with my loved ones you know when i'm not have to worry about those things and then at the bigger scheme like you can even say like it allows me to create it allows me to create more in life and in that like i have a a more deeper connection of myself Mm -hmm. and more fulfillment and purpose in my life and so we can take it to a a much deeper level than what most people think Mm -hmm. um and by let's say you're starting this is the beginning of the new year mm-hmm. people are starting on a new health journey or restarting wherever you're at it's beautiful yeah. <laughs> wherever you're at what you by nature find mm-hmm. is the deeper level of self and you do that whether you know it or not mm. and that's why you start to love it yeah. it's because you're finding a deeper sense of self so that's really what this all really became. Mm. So, and then since then, it's just gone deeper and deeper. I mean, right now I can take you down through a rabbit hole of yeah. just depth. Really? And it's just, and it's really come through this experience over the last six or seven years. Wow. That's so powerful. Yeah. It really is. What do you feel like for people is the one thing that they struggle with, with when you, when they hire you as a coach, Right. Is there a specific thing that people struggle with? Perspective. Mm. Perspective. Yeah. Being caught in perspective. Mm. And this isn't just in fitness, it's in life. Um, holding on to specific perspectives that really are society's norms, mm. that are perspective on a surface level that mm. actually really don't serve them. It doesn't mm. actually give them what they're actually looking for. And so that perspective holds them into a space of limitations. Mm. But when we change that perspective, when we can say, ah, like, you're not, you're not doing this because you need to lose weight. You're doing this because you want to honor yourself. Mm. You're eating the right things because there's a sense of honorability that you have toward yourself, a sense of respect that you have, that you've gained for yourself. Mm. It's not something that you have to have. It's something that you gain for yourself. Mm. And so that perspective change really helps you deepening the why of why am I eating the Dorito or why am I eating the the healthier foods, the whole mm-hmm. foods, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So perspective is really what people struggle with. Wow. And you feel like when, when they, you can identify that, you can coach them through it pretty quick and a light bulb can go off and they can shift really quick, right? Yeah. And it's a constant cool. thing. We always have to remember that 
our beliefs are created deep in the subconscious. So when we're trying to change that perspective, we're trying to talk to the subconscious, Mm. but it's really hard because oftentimes we're just listening to the conscious. And so when we are trying to change and create that, like we have to have habits, we have to have action that is telling the subconscious mind that this is the new environment, this is the new way. Mm. And so um, helping people identify that, yeah, that's hard because you're trying to break what they're used to, those habits. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like because of all the work you've been doing, you're able to do that for people. You have to really be able to master you Mm -hmm. before you can help other people, right? Yes. It's just, I mean, you really, I mean, I, I'm very clear that you are like, you've got all that and you help (laughs) so many people. So I think that's super powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I tell everyone. So what's the difference between me being a coach at 26 to now just 33? Mm. You know, what is, what's the big difference in this gap? Um, and the biggest thing I tell people is that 26, I knew the knowledge I could revert, like, uh, not reverberate, but like really just repeat what I knew, mm. right? Through the years, I gained a deeper understanding. Yeah. But there was no way without going through like failures of business, without going through failures in marriage and relationships that I would mm. ever get to the point where I could really understand it because it forced me not force. I don't even want to say force because it left me at a fork in the road Mm. where it was like, you get to choose, continue down the path of suffering or lean in Mm. and actually apply the things that you know to gain the deeper understanding. Mm. And that was a very, very hard path that a lot of people don't even know about me because I did it alone. I did it Mm. in silence. I did it in basically isolation. Really? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I owned my own gym, and I would have to put on a face, and I would have to go to work, run the gym, work with clients, and be happy, positive. And then I would go home Ooh. all by myself, and I would just go into this place. Like, you know, I would say for a little bit, it seems like darkest, but it's more of unknown, unexplored yeah. territories of me, yeah, insecurities, fears, doubts that I've never faced mm. and think, why are these showing up? Why does, why does some of the suffering that I experience in life, why does that continue to show up? Mm. And asking the hard questions, answering those things by going like down that, that unknown path, Yeah, which seems like darkness, but really it's just unknown. Yeah. What were some of the unknown thoughts? Like what were some things that showed up for you in that time of your life when it was like it's darkness or unknown? So one of the things, I mean, mean, there were so many. Uh, One of the things was I had based all of my relationships off of business. Mm. And so unless I was paying them or they were paying me, we had no relationship. And so in the moment of despair, when I was really feeling alone, there was no one. And that was an eye-opening experience to say, how how healthy of relationships am I really creating? Mm And how much expectation am I holding to these relationships that I'm like creating? Yeah. Or I'm holding this space thinking that I'm supposed to get gain or they're supposed to get gain mm. rather than just being. Mm. Right? Oh, yeah. So I looked at those and I said, I don't want that. I want to make sure that I'm creating whole connection and deep relationships. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, we have to let go of the expectations that we're holding to those mm-hmm. of do they give or not? How many relationships can you share? How many relationships can you have that just be, you know, it's hard Mm -hmm. in there. I also found I have this identity where I want to just be perfect. I don't want anyone to know that I fucked up. I don't want anyone to know that shit. I got a divorce. Yes. Holy shit. My divorce, my marriage isn't even good. You know, on the social media, it's great. Right. I'm sharing all the knowledge of having a beautiful relationship Mm -hmm. and marriage but on the backside, it was real falling apart, mm-hmm. slipping, trying to hold on to it. And then um, seeing that and how that created this fear of identity of like to be self, to just mm-hmm. be me, right? Because now you're in this image, like you got to be perfect. And then chasing that and saying, oh, you're just really insecure. Mm-hmm. When someone points out your flaws, when someone points out your mistakes, you have a trouble owning it. So you get triggered, you defend and you get angry. And this is a lot of men today. So um, Mm. a lot of 
women or men, if you're listening to this and you're saying, why did they react that way? Why is one little thing just trigger them? It has to do with a deep seated insecurity within them Mm -hmm. that they're defending because they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be in the wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm totally okay with being in the wrong now. Mm. I'm okay. I'm okay. If you, if from your perspective, you're looking at me and you're saying I did something wrong. I'm okay with that. Mm. I don't, I don't even need to do anything about it. Yeah. Unless I choose to, Mm. unless I feel like, okay, you're telling me I've done something wrong. I do want to fix that because mm. I see it in myself. I see that mistake. I see that flaw mm. that I see too because I could be better. I want to be better for that. Mm. Other times it's, I'm sorry you feel that way. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's good to have that perspective too, you know? And I can so relate. I'm going to back it up a little yeah. bit too. It's yeah. so relate to how you want to look good. Mm-hmm. You don't want people to know what's really going on. And I feel like years ago I was in that space because you want to put on this front. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppressed a lot of shit growing up because mm-hmm. I didn't, I just, I was just taught, you just be happy. You just be happy. And, you know, my mom had breast cancer when she was really, when I was really young and, you know, she was always so strong here. She mm-hmm. is like dying and yeah. you wouldn't even know it. So I told myself that you don't express anything like here, your mom is dying. You just put on a face because mm-hmm. that's what she's doing. Right. Yeah. So Based off of what I saw, I made that up mm-hmm. that you had to be strong no matter what the fuck you're going through. No, you don't show your sad. Mm-hmm. You just put on a front. And but I've unraveled that that yeah. you know people are drawn to authenticity. They're drawn to people that are real about. Hey, look, this is what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the with social media, this is the biggest facade that we've really created. Mm-hmm is this identity that we can't have flaws, that we can't really admit um, because we're afraid of judgment. I I mean, a lot of people right now might be thinking, doing a podcast, wow, you're so brave. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Let's ask ourselves why. Well, because, I mean, like, what will people think of me? Mm -hmm. What will they think of me? I don't know. It's none of my business. Yeah. What you mm-hmm. think of me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. And so when we start to shed back that, when we're able to like really own that, what you think of me is not my business. Yeah, exactly. You get to think whatever you want about me. Mm-hmm. That's your privilege. Mm-hmm. But it also doesn't make it true for me. It doesn't mean that that's how I have to live my standard. Mm-hmm. I get to feel into this. I get to, to see within myself to say, am I happy? Mm-hmm. Do I feel good about how I'm living my life? Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're going to find, no, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, okay. So what changes do I need to make to feel good about the way that I'm living my life? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like an ongoing um, workout in a way. Mm-hmm. Like I think ha- happiness is something that you're just constantly striving for in a way. I don't actually like the way I said that, but like, because like we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. I used to believe happiness was determined and based on the things I had, who I was with, you know, mm-hmm. all that. Um, but really, it's just being that that's what creates happiness mm-hmm. for me. But there are moments I'm not happy. There are yeah. moments when I'm in fucking breakdowns and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I had this a few weeks ago. Yeah. I'm on my, am I like backtracking here? What's showing up for me? Mm-hmm. And I got to unravel a lot of shit that was showing up because. There was a new, um, you know, newer version of myself that was yeah. coming to a head, which is beautiful because that's always coming. That's always happening. Right. Well, yeah. it's more like your higher self is coming out. Yes. So the higher, lower selves. And, and yeah. I always like that because we can create, we, we, we all have dual personalities. So mm. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're, all, We're all a little crazy. So We are. <laughs> oh my God. It's so true. Yeah. But really, it's you coming into higher self and giving yourself what your higher self has, I I would say, has an expectation or rules Mm -hmm. and standards that it lives by. And so now you're coming into that and letting that flow, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that I always talk to with my clients is learn to find flow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Right. Learn to find flow. And what that does is it allows you to do self check to ask and awareness where am I restricting myself mm. in thought, 
in voice, yeah. in heart. And, and, you know, now you're going through all the chakras, right? Whether you believe them or not, you can even, we can take chakras out of it and just put it in layman's terms. In your thoughts, what are you restricting yourself from thinking? Mm. They're there. And sometimes we deem thoughts as good or bad. They're not. We mm. all have the same thoughts. Mm-hmm. Whether they're dark and morbid or mm. inappropriate or funny and sad or happy, we, we all go through it, Yeah. you know? But we restrict it because I'm not supposed to say that right? Says who? Right? I'm not supposed to have that thought. Well, you did. So what? Yeah. Same thing with like thought, um, voice, heart. I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to feel angry. I'm not supposed to be sad. I'm not supposed to be unhappy. Says who? Because you are. We acknowledge. We just don't react. Mm -hmm. We can hold space for any thought feeling or emotion that we have we can hold space for it is beautiful because they're supposed to be there because they are there you know and when we allow that we start to enter into the space of flow Mm -hmm. we don't react we acknowledge we honor and we give space to it Mm. Mm, i love that because I, i so agree with you on that and i think it's because a lot of that is we've kind of been conditioned Mm-hmm. programmed in yeah. this way, right? If you, if you're not always happy, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. If you, um, have this thought, it's bad. Exactly. Just what you're saying. So it, and even, you know, depending on someone's religion, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of programming there too. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really interesting. And I love the way you put that is just really honoring anything that shows up for you mm-hmm. and don't make it mean anything just because yeah. you had that thought you had the thought and that's it mm-hmm. that's it you felt sad acknowledge yeah i'm sad yeah there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. yeah i'm fucking pissed <laughs> acknowledge that i'm exactly. happy you know whatever yeah. it is be with it and that's what creates flow and i love that yeah yeah. A lot of this is understanding that that's true authenticity. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about the things that we are or not saying. It's part of it. Yeah. But really authenticity is when we're entering into the state of flow where we're not restricting. And in that, we start to discover because we find the places that we are restricting. And we say, why? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Why do I feel like I can't? Why am I shaming or guilting in this space? And then we're able to find like, ah, I learned this. You know, I remember when I was going to church and the bishop said this and I internalized that. And we don't see that we're constantly internalizing messages. Our brain just does it like a computer. Oh, God. Yes. Sometimes it's like a great computer and it's just internalizing everything. And then sometimes it's internalizing things that were like, I didn't say that. And now I have a little virus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so true. And it's corrupting the whole thing. Yeah. And like, and so like, that's another way to look at this is that sometimes you get viruses that are restricting you and we have, we just have to go clean those viruses. Mm-hmm. Um, and to understand that it's that one little virus is actually corrupting the whole system. Right. Mm, Yeah. And so taking time to discover what that is and why it's there is the fastest way to clean it up. Yeah. So what would you suggest for people to discover that and to like just from your personal, you know, um, experience? The biggest thing is stop. Stop avoiding. Right. Totally. (laughs) Stop being afraid of the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you're having. There's no such thing as good or bad, right or wrong. We believe that because we've been taught that. But in everyone's own right minds, those are all, there's always variances that are different. The things that you, and, and this is why I tell everyone in this political stance that we're in in this country, it's literally impossible to find middle ground because of everyone's moral beliefs is what right or wrong, good or bad, they're all different. Yeah, true. And and it's literally impossible to get millions and billions of people on that same page. Mm -hmm. It's not impossible. It's been done in scripture. But Mm, for the most part, for us and where we're at, literally impossible. Most people don't realize that they're only living for self. 
that they're not ever thinking about the big community and bigger picture. Mm. A lot of the things that people are saying and doing are actually coming from self-perspective and self-fulfillment, not as a group fulfillment. Mm. And so that's really important to understand about this. Whether you think that you are or you're not, a lot of it will always come down to self-fulfillment and making you feel like you're contributing. You are contributing to the group. You are contributing to the cause rather than what's best for the cause. Mm. It's very, very hard to separate those two. Yeah. Right? So we have personal agendas, but in there we're mixing in what we believe to be right, wrong, good, or bad. So when I really internalized this and I really understood this, I started to say, like, when I'm having a conversation with you, you're going to have things that you believe are right and wrong. You're going to think that I have those same, but I don't. And that's what makes it beautiful is because we can communicate. And again, one of the lost things that we have in society today is communication. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm. People struggle with communication. Mm. Um, But if we could communicate, you can tell me what those beliefs are. And I can question whether I want to agree with those or not. Maybe it adds value to the things that I believe. Maybe Mm. it doesn't. But that's always going to be the choice that I get to make. Yeah, so I think so too. Yeah. And I think too, like with communication, um, it's in your listening of people too. Mm-hmm. And how when, when people are communicating something, obviously they're sharing a message, whether that's they, they're trying to get a breakthrough around something or they're just in creation. And so when people can hear things, in this space of actually being with somebody, they'll they'll hear things differently mm-hmm. versus what am I going to say next? Um, or they're checked out thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the next thing they know, they're like, oh my God, what did they just say? You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, was just going to ask you that too. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what? But you know, it's, it, it's so fascinating, you know, this, the different forms of communication and if we really can just be with people. Mm-hmm. and get them, a lot of things can transform pretty quick. Yeah, a lot of people struggle today because they don't know how to take self out of the perspective that you're speaking in. Yep, exactly. And and that's so, so crucial. Mm-hmm. So even when my son is talking to me, he's speaking from a world of a five-year-old, his own identity. Mm-hmm. And although a lot of times I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'll say it to him. But I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to listen. Like, I'm listening. Get his world. Okay, cool. And the same thing in conflict. When you are, like, let's say we're in a a heated discussion and you are speaking to me. Mm -hmm. Well, what you're doing is you're essentially speaking your thoughts, your beliefs. But a lot of times we think that you're attacking me. You know, a lot of times you're like, oh, my well, you're telling me that I'm not good enough. You're telling me that I'm wrong. All of the internal messaging that you have been programmed to believe or you're telling yourself that you're not good enough, you're not worthy, you're wrong. So now my defenses go up and I'm like saying, "Mm, what can I nitpick at you Mm -hmm. to combat with? And that's where communication is getting like really mixed. You know, don't take things so personal. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's so, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. Yeah. And this is when I do relationship coaching, mm. same thing I say, I'm like, they're, they're trying to speak. And one of the most valuable things you can enter into and have in a relationship is when that person is being heard. Mm. It's important that you are heard too, but when they are speaking, are you giving space to that? Mm. Not that you are feeling like you're, um, like taking on that space, taking on everything they're saying, but they're, yeah. you're just listening. And again, this does not apply as if someone is being abusive, belittling, and demeaning. Always exit those conversations. Never take it. I always tell people, as soon as it enters into that space, always excuse yourself from that space. Mm -hmm. And you can continue to let them be in that space, but you always exit. Well, yeah, it's a boundary you get Mm -hmm. to set for yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so don't react to it. Just move on. Don't take it personal. Just move forward, Mm -hmm. you know? But um, in in that form of relationship, you know, listening, I always say that the things that have to have, you have to have in a relationship 
is you have everyone has to be seen heard and felt mm -hmm. and if you can understand like what that really means you'll have the most connecting and strengthening and, and loving relationship oh yeah i right? agree with that 100 percent. so mm -hmm. yep okay so i actually read your blog that you have mm -hmm. and i read the one on creating a daily routine yeah and yeah. i loved it so much because in my mind, I have always thought like, you just have a morning routine and a night routine. And in mm -hmm. there you said, you notice how I didn't say morning routine. Mm -hmm. You said it's a daily routine. Mm -hmm. This is something you do daily all day and you're very, you know, you're just aware all day. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. Yeah. 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 I think that it's really important to just create a rhythm of life. Mm -hmm. And again, going back to flows. Um, being in a flow of life the more we enter into that flow the easier it is for us to operate in that space um and not only that but we get the things we're in, intentionally living our lives mm -hmm. a lot of people aren't living intentionally and so they feel lost but if you start to live intentionally then it allows you to feel like you're being fulfilled. It mm -hmm. makes you feel like you're doing something and you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I told a client recently was a lot of people think that purpose is connected to a thing. It has to be this world-shaking, momentous thing. Mm -hmm. And I said, hmm, it's interesting that that's what everyone is chasing, but very few ever get it. Because we have made it so difficult and so unachievable now, because the bar keeps being raised, mm -hmm. is if you don't get here, we're not there. So keep chasing. Yeah. Right? And I said, what people fail to understand is that your purpose in life is not necessarily a thing so much as it is to experience. Are you allowing yourself to fully experience life in the way that you want? So you have to think about this. If you feel like you don't have purpose and you're isolating yourself, yes, you are diminishing purpose of life, Yeah. right? But like when we start to say, oh, I'm, I'm allowing myself to live life, this is where that flow comes in, where it says, you know, I want to experience like living in a healthy body. I want to experience being more deeply connected to myself. And maybe like it is indulging in delicious food every now and then getting a sense of taste, happiness, and communicating and being interactive with people, having good connection with people. These kind of things are experience and that's the purpose, mm -hmm. right? So allow yourself to experience everything. Mm, yep, and just be in the moment versus mm -hmm. keep trying to chase something because you're gonna, eventually they'll get to what they, so, what they thought that thing was mm -hmm. and they're still gonna keep chasing more, more, more because mm -hmm. they're not being and they're not just experiencing this moment. Yeah. I always yeah. tell people that in the grand scheme of things, there's there's nothing, yeah. right? And that sounds like really empty inside, but it doesn't. It actually makes it easier. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's nothing in in a relationship between you and I right now. There's there's nothing. There's mm -hmm. just is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh! Ooh, I love this conversation so much. Do you do you still work with like a mentor and a coach? Yeah. yeah. Yes, I do. Oh, so, okay. but it's not so much on a spiritual realm. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of it is more business. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. I've kind of moved progressively forward of, of like, I really like self-teaching. I like self-exploration. Mm. Um, although there's a lot of great things that can be learned through people, I do listen like to podcasts and things like that. Yeah. But for the most part, I'm like, we know everything. We mm -hmm. are everything. And I know that that sounds so like, woo, to a lot of people that are going to listen. Mm -hmm. But if you sit and you listen, you have to remember that you are two entities, really, that are trying to become one. Mm -hmm. And so you are like an eternal soul, okay? Mm -hmm. And in there, you are the controller as the, the physical, the body. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to make those communicate as one, but the soul knows everything. It's just being filtered by the brain, right? True, yeah. And so if we just sit, we can teach, we can learn. It will teach us. We just don't take the time to do that. Mm -mm. And so I like to download. I always say download and, and whatnot. But like, I like to listen. I like for it to speak to me and 
say this is what I get. A lot of lessons, a lot of things I'm getting from you are actually like they've they've come from internal, not from somewhere. I didn't read them. It didn't it wasn't taught, taught to me. It was all with self and just sitting and learning, listening and understanding. Mm. So when you're listening of something, it because of what they said, it has you something a light bulb go off for you to create some transformation, but you already have it all. It's mm-hmm. But because of your listening and what they say, it transforms some things for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's we just don't works. trust ourselves enough to listen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It is so true. Oh my gosh. Because I swear every time I'm in one of these types of conversations, um, not these types because I have these actually all the time, but <laughs> just, you know, podcasting or listening to podcasts, um, reading, although I'm not a big reader, mm-hmm. mm, I'd rather just listen. Yeah. Um, there's always a light bulb that goes off. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. And I can relate it to something in my life or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is why I meditate. This is why cold showers and things like that. Anything. I Just sitting and just, mm-hmm. just being like yeah. letting go of the expectation and asking, being okay with just asking yourself. Like, how are you feeling? Oh, God. Yes. Right? Well, yeah. Doing those check-ins mm-hmm. like regularly is so important mm-hmm. because, again, we're very unconscious with our day-to-day routine. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can get conscious and then ask yourself questions like, okay, am I drinking enough water? How am I feeling? Yeah. How's my body feeling? Do I need to move? Do I need to stretch? Do I need to have a snack? Have I eaten enough? you know, nutri- nutrients for the day. Mm-hmm. Have I, you know, worked out? How did that workout feel for me? Where's your mind at? Like ask yourself all these questions constantly. How are my conversations? What do those mm-hmm. look like lately? Am I getting involved in gossip mm-hmm. or am I having these empowering conversations where like I'm feeling good and we're exchanging energy and, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and, and even setting like little timers on your phone mm-hmm. every two hours, snack, mm-hmm. drink, uh, you know, whatever that may be. But I think that is so important and it gets you out of that, that unconscious, you know, way of being mm-hmm. that most of us are kind of programmed to just do. Yeah. yeah. So. And all, I always take time. I mean, I tell people like one of the most sacred things to me is sometimes this sounds really weird, but sometimes the mountains like call to me. Oh, same. Right. right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it pulls me like I can feel the energetic pull like from my heart. Same right? here. Oh my gosh. Right? Okay. <laughs> I love it. We're going hiking. Yes. Yes. And and so I'll just get in my car and I'll just drive and I'll let it like lead and guide. And I come down and I feel so different. And a lot of it is the energetic exchange mm-hmm. of grounding and things like that. We have to understand that there is energy all around us. And, and people are like, well, like whatever, that's woo. I was like, there's actually scientific proof I can show you. Right. And I simply do it and being like, I hate you. I say it with a smile until you laugh. And I go, I, I fucking hate you. You know? Yeah. The energy exchange in that is totally different. Totally. You feel it different, right? Um, there's hatred feel through it, and there's like just joking, like, oh my gosh, I hate you. You know, they're two different, they're same words, different energies. That's an instant proof that there's something else. The energy exists. Oh, yeah. So. So, um, so yeah, sometimes it's just like learning to listen to that. And when we listen to those feelings and thoughts, mm-hmm. what happens is we gain a deeper sense of trust for ourselves mm-hmm. and it will speak to us more and we can continue to trust it. And now it's to the point where I can instantly like say, oh, this is what it's going to be. Like I can always, like with clients, I do this all the time. My clients would be like, I can tell you right now, that's not a good choice. I'm going to let you do it because you get the opportunity to choose. But I can tell you the outcome every time. And they're like, I hate that you're right. How did you know? I was like, I just, that's what I do. Yeah. You have that gift. That's really <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So. That's something special to have. I have that too with certain things. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, that's something I don't ever take for granted. Yeah. And I really, that's why it's so important to just make sure I'm staying connected mm-hmm. and then always listening and then acting on it. Yeah. And the biggest thing is like, it, it's already there, mm-hmm. right? It's more there and it's more practicing it. Yeah. And and it's more just sitting and being with it. 
right? It, it's not even anything that you have to try for. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's already built into you. It's already given to you. It's already a, a birthright. There's nothing that you have to do for it. Uh-uh. We think that there is. Oh, yeah. The only thing that we can't do is close it out mm-hmm. because it's choice. It is choice. We get choices in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. And that is right there, there's a lot of, there's just a sense of power in knowing that. Mm-hmm. That with everything is a choice. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, so cool. And okay, let's talk about, um, so you're an actor and a model. <laughs> so you're going to be in this little series. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I saw this the other day. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> so can you like tell us a little bit about that? Oh man, I can't tell you too much. I can tell you that it's going to be, <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be on HBO Max. Um, it's it, it's a small role, but it's always yeah. something that I I love doing. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people are like, "Well, why'd you do acting a model? Is it because you're pretty?" I'm like, "Sure, I'm like, a pretty Asian." Playing. Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm a pretty Asian boy. Whatever." <laughs> you are. <laughs> Let's own it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing was, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, I didn't see that one coming." <laughs> I owned it, you know, and and it's funny because I never did own that because growing up, I was told that I wasn't, I was, I grew up as the minority. So Mm. when I would go to school, people wouldn't know what an Asian was. I didn't know what an Asian was. Isn't that weird? Like people were like, you're Asian. I was like, what is that? (laughs) Like, what does that even mean? Are you? No, just you. Cause the way you look. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I grew up as the minority. And so, um, and in that, and this sounds, again, I'm healed. I'm good. Like, so don't like take this as like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for him. But I grew up being told that Asian guys especially are not attractive. Mm. So I grew up with that belief because it was coming from women. So I was like, oh, I'm never going to get like anyone, yeah. you know? And so it took me a long time to own it. And that's why I voice it now is because I'm still, there's still a battle within me that still believes part of that. And so I say it vocally, like I'm a good looking Asian guy purposely, Good, you know, so. Own that shit, yeah. (laughs) But isn't it amazing how like all of our childhood stuff, Mm -hmm. if you really look a lot of who we are today. It's from there. It's from there. And if you can identify, oh, it was from when I was younger, the women would say this. And this is why I, you know, feel like women don't want to be with me or, you know, you just kind of unraveled all that. That is key. Yeah. Like it's gold. Yeah. Well, also Crazy Rich Asians came out and that really boosted my That's like so level good. of like attractiveness. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Everyone's like, yeah. I need to find a Crazy Rich Asian. I was like, well, that's not exactly how this works. Yeah. But. You're like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God. That uh, is so funny. But it's true. Like, mm-hmm. it's so cool that you got to identify that and mm-hmm. you know that it was just a story you made up. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Cause it's not true. Yeah. yeah. But the real reason, like, why I really wanted to get into it is yeah. because it makes, it forces you to get in touch with the feeling side. And we don't realize how much we say with our face. We say more with our face than we do with our words. The way that I read you and the way that we communicate is because I'm looking at your face. Mm. I'm looking at your body language, not so much anything else, you know? Mm. And so learning how to control that and learning how to be in touch with your feelings when someone says, okay, this person is supposed to be funny. Well, what kind of eye gestures do I make Mm. for this? um, You know, for this film that I'm doing, it's a cop and they're like, and I have to ask the director, are you wanting me to be like a bad cop, good cop? Like, what is the yeah. feeling that you want me to have in this? Because there's no lines, which can actually be more difficult because mm. it's all going to be voiceover. Mm. So in this, where I am playing this character, I have to um, really say, okay, like in my mind, how would I react and a lot of people don't realize that acting is nothing it's the less you do and the more natural it is the more acting you're doing Mm. and it's very very weird because you are acting but you want to play as if it you weren't Mm. and the more in tune you can get with that the better actor you become Mm, that's so interesting yeah i love that and so doing these things it makes you in tune with those feelings and emotions so it brings a deeper sense of those for myself when I'm like looking at a role. Okay, what does that look like? 
Mm. You know, what do I, how do I have to be in order to do this? How would I be? How would I feel in that moment? Wow. And because, you know, I think from an outsider looking in, you think that you would be acting this, like not getting in tune with that, mm-hmm. with yourself and how am I going to be? How should I be feeling? What what would I do? I, I didn't even, I guess for me, it didn't register. Maybe other people it did, but I just would have thought like, hey, you just pretend mm-hmm. like you, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you're really getting in touch with you mm-hmm. and what that would look like and feel like, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's really fascinating. Yeah. So when you're trying to become the character, even if it's a commercial and it's a comedic role, you're still trying to say, how can I bring that funny comedic side out of me in uh, the most natural way possible? How would I say this? Mm. This is so freaking cool. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love this so much. Well, good. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah, no, this has been so great. I just, but back to the acting, I just, yeah, like again, I would have never thought that yeah it's a lot of wow it's cool getting people any anytime people are in something right whether that's acting modeling or they're a coach or they work at a restaurant Mm -hmm. or they're a school teacher actually getting their world and what it takes to be in that role or position whatever when you start asking questions or just talking you really get it and you're like Mm -hmm. oh never thought about that yeah so it's like getting curious yeah. about people. That's why I love doing this, by the way, because oh, I, I just get in people's worlds and yeah. I learn so much. Yeah. yeah. And I love doing that. And so mm-hmm. people are always asking, why am I into so much and why do I do? Because I'm living life. I'm, I'm exploring. When I feel like I want to do something, I don't want to feel like I can't. And a lot of the things of why I stepped away from fitness a lot is because everyone started just classifying me as that's all I did. Mm. And when I hear that, I'm like, no, you're limiting me. That's not all I am. That's not all I do, nor is it the only value that I have to offer this world. And I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you what else I have. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make a greater impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can always go back and be a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. I can always put that hat on and go be that personal trainer. But I can also take it off and do something else. Mm. So... It's like you don't let one thing identify you. You're very, you just, you're a man of many talents. And I mm-hmm. said that when you walked in, you know, you're just in so much. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so inspiring because you're creating this life by design, like mm-hmm. with what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that just, I feel like if anything, that should give people the inspiration to, you know, if anything, pull, like if anything is um, pulling to you or what's the right, how am I saying this right? But if there's something that is pulling you towards something, mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. Even if it's five different things mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. do it. Do what yeah. your soul wants to do because that's how you're going to have a fulfilled life. Yeah. And I do say this with discrepancy that I would say that I'm a little bit on the abnormal side is mm-hmm. being able to do all this and stay sane. It's true. And not lose myself or my relationship with my son, especially Mm. Um, because it does take that fine tuning and clarity to understand. Yes, no, yes, no. Mm. Sometimes I'm doing photography and sometimes I'm pulling away from photography. Sometimes I am taking clients to fitness and then I'm pulling away Mm. from it. Um, And that might seem inconsistent and I get that to some, but the consistency is the underlying of coaching, consulting, uh, talent management and, you know, business relations with this exodus with yes. anti-human trafficking. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's all of those things are always the the foundation of what I do. But I also can do these other things on the side too. Yeah, yeah. that's how I design my life as well is mm-hmm. there's, there's things I have and it's like whatever is speaking to me at that time, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing it. And then mm-hmm. this and then that. That's just my personality is so that way and yeah. that's how I create success. I can't, just be in one thing because I'll get bored. Yep. My like, I'm just like, Whoa! I'm just like a free bird and I want to do yeah. all the things. But yep. I, but it's, but it is based off of what I feel like doing mm-hmm. for me, not because I have to, it's because yeah. I want to and I'm choosing to. Yep. So exactly. Yeah. So, so let's, oh gosh, Kate, this exodus, 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 exodus. Let's talk about that. This yeah. is so fascinating to me because I think. 
it's, you know, a charity organization, right? Mm-hmm. And it's human sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. It's just human trafficking. Human trafficking. So it's really important that we make the distinction between the difference between Ooh. sex trafficking and human trafficking. Okay, let's talk about it. Sex trafficking is just one area of trafficking. Okay. We cover all of it. So there is um, slavery. There is sex trafficking. There's so many different types of trafficking that are happening and you don't even, you might not even know it. You might go to the grocery store right now and you might not know that that cashier, that waiter is actually being trafficked. trafficked. They're Mm -hmm. a a worker. Yeah. So basically they're only at work so they can make money to pay it to whoever they're being trafficked by. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Mm How did I not know this about any of this? Well, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't understand that trafficking is the largest industry in the world right now. Fastest growing and largest. It makes more money than Amazon, Apple, Nike, all of these big brands. It makes more money than that. And you don't even know. And you don't even know how often it happens. And and so this is like one of the things that we do is we try to bring education to what this industry is, what you need to be aware of, and why it's a big concern. Well, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I just thought it was just, you know, human sex trafficking. I didn't right. realize there was human trafficking in all those different forms. I didn't. So this is great to bring Mm -hmm. some awareness for myself and even here for all the listeners, because this is a lot of people listen to this from all over. Yeah. So what do people, how can people be more aware of this? And like, I mean, obviously by us stating it. Yeah. But I mean, it's really about, I, I would say start within your homes. One of the biggest things that we see is most people who are being trafficked, and it's not just women. We often associate it with just women, but it's men, boys. It's any vulnerable population, and that's what we have to understand. It's like the vulnerable. And one of the things that we always say is that they just – almost every story from a tra- someone who has been trafficked, mm-hmm. anyone who comes out of it, they say, well, what happened? Well, no one saw me. And the mm. trafficker was the one who saw me. It's the wrong person to see him. Holy shit. This is very, very powerful yeah. um, in so many ways where we don't take the time to see the one. We need to slow down and we need to take time to see the one. But that's mm-hmm. the easiest way to do that is in our homes. Yeah. It's in our homes to see the one child, that one that might feel neglected, that Mm -hmm. one that might not be getting what they actually need, taking time to see what it is that they need. Mm -hmm. That's so, so important. That's the best way to start because even then, like a lot of the kids now, if you're not monitoring what they're doing online, again, it just happens with a friend that mimics that they're their friend that they mimic that they're they're this age and yeah. i've heard stories where they, they'll pretend that they're friends and they'll say hey you should come over here let's run away my parents are the same way we should run away and yes like they're so smart they're gone Shut and they don't realize that they're they're actually meeting fred who's a 40 year old trafficker oh my gosh okay hmm. holy shit yeah. i am over here i'm like holy flying fuck I didn't even re- like. I'm blown away right now. Yeah, it's it's this crazy. Is so sad. It it can happen in plain sight, and you would never even know because they they are good. They yeah. are good at what they do. And the hardest thing about a trafficker is oftentimes they're very good at being friendly. Yeah. Because that's their mo, right? the The biggest thing is that they want to be your friend so that you'll follow them. And then by the time that's done, it's game over. So we have to be alert and we have to be aware. And this is why intuition is so important. If something feels off, it's off. Oh, it always is off. Yeah, it's yeah. off. Mm. And it's okay to trust that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's wrong. I would rather be wrong about my judgment and make misjudgment than not have any at all. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, um so yeah, those are some of the things. But I would follow Exodus. Um, okay. So it's join Exodus. So join E X I T U S. Okay. Um, 
and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, go to the website, stay connected, and we're constantly dropping education and facts. And these are backed up facts. Like we always fact check everything that we do to make sure that mm. our sources are reliable. Okay. One of the big concerns about trafficking is the information that gets put out is inaccurate because it has nothing to back it up. And that actually creates a lot of issues in the organization of trafficking, of anti-human trafficking yeah. against the fight. So really. um, I can tell you that it's happening here in Utah. It, some of the high populations are kind of up here in the northern area mm. of Utah. Um, and it's happening in the backyards. You know, it's constantly happening. And I don't say that to bring fear, but to bring awareness to know that it is real. It is a thing and it does happen. But it doesn't always look like the movies. You know, yeah. Liam Nielsen isn't going to like come out and like say, I'm going to find every single one of you. It's not, right. and it's not even guns blazing. Right. No. Even when I first got in this, I'd be like, Where, when do I get a gun? They're like, you don't. Like, like, what? Oh, well, this isn't as fun. Yeah. <laughs> and we always have the joke now. It's like, do yeah. we get a gun? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Sure, <damn> it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. So if people know that that's going on, what do they do? Um, I, it's also mm. like a very delicate thing. Um, because like we're not the ones doing it it has to go through like a, like police and officials and so um what we, what exodus does is not only do we help find the people who are in uh the trafficking industry but we help exit them out that's why it's called exodus yes got it and not only that but there's a big healing process the work is just step one rescue Step two, the healing. That's where Exodus comes in. That's the big picture with Exodus is that okay. we provide the recovery part and the healing part for these individuals so that they can be reintegrated into society to relive. Like you have to remember some of these are born into trafficking. Some of them are born into this and the recovery to help them integrate in how to live a normal life, a happy and feel safe in society is a long process. Oh my God, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. Our mission is to help not just get them out of trafficking, but it's to help them heal from trafficking. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh. yeah, we fill in the gaps that are yeah. in this, uh, in like this anti-human trafficking um, industry right now. Like we're, we're trying to fill the gaps. Oh my God. Okay, so... So with that, do you guys, does Exodus have like training centers? Do you guys have therapists? Like how does that work? Yeah. So um, we do have trained therapists and medical advisors and things like that that help us in that process. And, and so we provide those things for the people that are being pulled out of trafficking. Um, and that's that's a majority of what our the need is like for our funding. It's not necessarily to to go on the missions to rescue. Mm -hmm. It's actually to help us facilitate the healing process for those that are going through um, through us. And, and so right. Well, yeah, and like you said, that's a big part. I think. I mean, just in general, without mm -hmm. trafficking, right? I think a lot of people. We all have healing work to do mm -hmm. from our childhood, whether yeah. it was abusive or not. There's always some story we make up. We've got healing work to do. So, yep. but this is like super extreme. So I can't imagine, you know, the work that it would take for somebody to, you know, see, you know, after see a therapist and mm -hmm. unravel all the things that had happened to yeah. them. Exactly. And it's really, it's such a hard thing. This isn't like, it's not, people are always asking, how can I help? How can I get involved? Well, it's not the same as you going to a third world country and feeding the hungry or building a school or well or something like that. You have to understand that these individuals, they are scared of you. When you come in and you're being friendly, well, that's exactly how they got into it. They don't trust you, right? You have to think in that like mindset. And so when people are always asking me, well, how do I do this? How do I the biggest thing is donate. Mm. 
it sounds so like it sounds like oh like every charity says that well yeah but in our case that Mm -hmm. literally is Mm -hmm. we have all of the things taken care of you know we have the housing we have the the kits for the hygiene kits and and medical and, and everything on hand but in order to facilitate that what we need is funding you know okay we need people to donate it doesn't matter how much it is it does help you know and so um so yeah i you know that's the biggest thing that you have to understand about trafficking in this how this anti-human trafficking works Mm -hmm. so oh my god yeah well and the thing i because of the mask situation going on Mm -hmm. i feel like it's making it harder maybe tell me if i'm wrong but for people to identify and to maybe rescue people or because that is taking so much away. Yes. People's identities away there. It's depersonalizing people. It's. Yep. Ah, it's horrible. Yeah. So it can actually be very traumatic for someone. So when you're forcing someone that you don't even know that, I mean, again, just because they don't wear scars on the out part doesn't necessarily mean that they weren't a part of this. Mm -hmm. So when you tell them to wear a mask, it can actually be very traumatizing to them. It can very, it can very be a traumatic experience for them. And, and so that's another thing that we have to be aware of. Um, And so one of the things that, you know, Becca and I are talking about on our podcast is talking about where do we cross those lines of um, breaking some laws in this sense where you're going to cause someone more traumatic just and and you don't have to have a medical card to say that there's no medical card to say i was a trafficked individual right that doesn't exist right so what am i going to show you right ptsd like anyone can have that these days you know um and so you know that that whole thing can be very traumatic and not only that but quarantining isolating it's only made this worse yeah it has so it really has well and i think too like even for an example i was getting my hair done yesterday mm-hmm. right and um they're just nazis about it mm-hmm. right the masks and of course if i get asked i will wear it and but this girl just i'm drinking my coffee mm-hmm. and she goes excuse me you need to put your mask on i go i'm drinking my coffee yeah and she's like i know what my client's coming in and she's gonna freak out and i'm thinking like if I were a person, let's just say, if mm-hmm. I were a person that is overcoming the trafficking or I have my own PTSD from something or for somebody to come say that to me, like I think people need to fucking stay in their lane. Yeah. Yep. If you want to have your beliefs about the masks, great. Mm-hmm. Have your beliefs, but stay in the fucking lane, mm-hmm. your lane, and let people do their thing. Yeah. Yep. And it's going to be interesting because we're coming out with a podcast on Monday um, Mm -hmm. where we discuss uh, a lot of the codes that Utah is under. Yes. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited to listen to this. Yeah. And and about how you can protect yourself as a, like, just as your civil duty um, and how we can't go against those codes, uh, their Utah code, and no one can just, like, uh, the codes don't matter they do matter and and you have rights and liberties to those codes that protect you and and so with those like some of the things that people do actually cross those lines for instance that employer could have a $75,000 fine due to what they're doing based on the Utah codes of discrimination so holy it's actually not smart for them to do it because you can file suit and you would have a case and you would win very quickly because of what it falls under. Really? Yep. You just prove the code, mm-hmm. take it to the sheriff. This is what I would like to press charges for. You would have a case. Yeah. Very quickly. Holy crap. Oh my gosh. You know what? I am so glad you guys are doing that because I have been in this place of like, I want to do my research Yeah. because I want to know what what my rights are i want to know all of like i don't know i know some things but not mm-hmm. everything like yeah. that i just don't yeah so i'm really glad you guys are doing that because like 
I want to even expose more of that on my podcast. Yeah. Actual factual things. Yeah. So people can be like, oh, wait, what? We're just following blindly. <laughs> We're not questioning because I'm a big believer in questioning everything. Yes, absolutely. But for me, I'm like, I want to make a difference and I need to like, I want, I don't need to. I want to start, you know, exposing more things like that so people can wake up. So I'm glad you guys are doing that Monday. I'm excited to to tune in on, with yeah, that. Yeah, it's a really good one. We had yeah. an individual on who has read all of them. It's 400 pages of code, Utah code, specifically Utah. This is just Utah. Okay. And um, wrote it all out. Really? And she breaks it all down in her podcast, and it is so amazing. And it's simply amazing because we forget – that the government works for us, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, that our rights and liberties are there and we have things in place to protect them. Mm -hmm. There's one specifically says that Utah cannot disrupt the education process in schools. Really? Yeah. And it's going, it's breaking it. So there's tons of things that we're doing that are breaking Utah codes, not even based off a of law, based off of mandate. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to blow your mind. So I'm it's really, excited. really good. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to stay tuned for that one. Yeah. I can't good. wait. So, okay. So if people want to donate to the human trafficking, the charity mm -hmm. Exodus, where could they go? Just that website that yeah. you were saying? Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. want to tell them again? It's okay. joinexodus.org. Okay. Awesome. So, um, yeah, if you just go there, it will allow you to do it. You can do it on a monthly subscription of like however much you want to do too. Oh, so cool. it's really a great opportunity. Um, businesses, it's a great opportunity for you to have huge tax write-offs. Mm -hmm. Um, and so again, it's smart for people to do it if you're a business. So cool. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. And I'll even put that link in my description too. Yeah. I would and, love that. Yeah. And then even your, what if people want to hire you yeah. and work with you? Yeah. So my website is just uh, mattjohnsonlifestyle.com. Okay. It sounds really long, but that's like the most simple and easiest one, especially with the name Matt Johnson with initials MJ. Yeah. I could think of like, and so I was like, I don't know what to call this because there's so much in here in this website. Right. Right. So I was like, just Matt Johnson lifestyle. Awesome. See, I think it's perfect. I <laughs> yeah. love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. And so, I'll put that in the description too. Thank you. And then if they want to follow you on Facebook or Instagram, what, what are your handles? So um, what is, what is my Instagram? I don't know. I, I don't even memorize it. So I, it's funny up. that um, a lot of people, a lot of people are like, what about your social media? And I'm like, I honestly don't give much weight to it, but it's MJ okay. underscore coach lifestyle. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That up. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's funny. I mean, like I care, but I don't care. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Fine. I'm like, awesome. yeah. So cool. especially now in this talent management, I, I don't necessarily have to put much weight on it as much as I did mm. because, you know, it, I'm, I'm helping other people build their own brand. So, yeah, but I, I try to give little pebbles and stuff of helpful things. I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. So yeah. they have all your contact info. If they want to hire you. Yeah. I even <laughs> want to hire you. Yeah, manager. Jeez. Get me on track. Yeah. Damn it. God. My ADHD kicks in and I, I get sidetracked. Right? It's fine. Anyways, well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's You're great. welcome.